out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today I speak with my new friend Desiree Ann. I became aware of Desiree Ann on Facebook as someone in recovery who has published a book. As both of these issues are close to my heart, I started becoming more and more aware of her postings and eventually befriended her on Facebook and started stalking her on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is believe.more.deeply, which is also the title of her blog site as well as her book on poetry. It was only when I heard an interview with her that it dawned on me that Desiree Ann has to be a guest on Meet Me in the Field. I asked her and she agreed. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There is also a 24-day step coaching and counselling program available based on The First Layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Desiree Ann's story. Sit back and enjoy. Desiree Ann Martin, welcome to Meet Me in the Field. Hi, thanks for having me. You are most welcome. This is so awesome. I've been, <laughs> I can't remember how long we've been Facebook friends. A while. Is it a while? It, it um, has been a while. And on Instagram as well. And I'll suddenly the other day I realized, but I somehow listened to a podcast of you. I, yeah. I don't know how I got to it. Did okay. you post it on, on social media? Or? Um, I've done a few media interviews and then they send me the podcast and then I okay. put it on my, my uh, Facebook page. And my so that's page, possibly yeah. how I got to it. And okay. I listened to it and I think, oh, I need to talk to this chick. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I find you? Oh my God, she's on my Facebook. <laughs> We're friends already, so okay. it was really easy. And you agreed immediately. Yes, So yes. I'm so grateful for no, that. Thank I you. I love having these conversations. I love meeting new people. People. I love talking about the things that I'm passionate about. Awesome. So, so. And um, thank you for making yourself available on a Saturday morning to do this chat. Coming That's into fine. I'm it was either this or looking after the kids, so I chose <laughs> I this. Say, <laughs> so you are, as I understand it, you are a wife. Yes. You're a mother. Mm-hmm. You are a counsellor. Yeah. You are a writer. You're a poet. Yes. And you also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a postgraduate student. Oh my God, UC- you're not serious. I'm at UCT. At what are you studying? I'm studying my postgrad diploma in addictions care. Okay. Yeah. It's Why? Of course. <laughs> Why? It's- Just because I needed to expand my knowledge base. You know, it's like sometimes you get stuck if you're working in the field of, in this like the same way of doing things and I needed yes. I just needed exposure to more okay. and interaction with more people and um, and just to yeah expand my repertoire of, of what I could bring to counseling and bring to therapy awesome. to to better help my clients because you've been in recovery for a long time it'll be 15 years 15 year. years yeah. and how long have you been counseling I've been counselling as long as, as old as my oldest daughter, so that's 11 years. Okay. Yeah. I had some 11 somewhere in my head. Where did you qualify as a counsellor? I was very lucky in that I got offered a job when I was about six months sober in a treatment centre. Oh, wow. And, and that was initially answering phones two days a week, and then that expanded into a centre coordinator job, which expanded into... 
an RA course, uh, sorry, a recovery assistant job okay. and doing oh, groups yes, yes. and things. Yeah, we all know what RA is, but <laughs> yeah, most yeah. listeners won't. Yeah, yeah but, but you have to go through that rite of passage. Yes. And then I did um, some online um, courses because okay. there was actually nothing at that time available oh, wow. um, for, for unless, and unless I went to university. Yeah. Um, and so I, I completed my accreditation with this American-based company, and then I got trained up as a counselor. I was very lucky in the rehab. Awesome. And then I went from, from that rehab to um, an adolescent unit, and I worked there for a few years, and then I went to or another well-known rehab and another rehab. Were you at the adolescent unit here in the area? Uh, in Kenilworth, okay, yeah, cool, yeah. Yeah, I was there for okay. sure. That was, that was a difficult, difficult role. Um, working with adolescents, but now it has prepared me to work with adolescents, and that's what I, I do a lot of. Yeah. My first client ever was a teenage boy. Oh, lucky you! No, <laughs> and my husband is a, is at Stellenbosch University. So before I left, I still had an office at that stage. Before I left for the for the session, he said, "Oh, I'm so proud of you. I wish you all all of the best." And um, but just remember. Cannot believe a word a teenager tells you. <laughs> so, so I walk into this session, my first session ever, kind of, I can't believe can't a word this guy's telling me. <laughs> it was so upsetting. <laughs> so, no, so. Uh, it is hard. Because work, of that sentence, yeah, I, I'm yeah. actually really afraid to, yeah. to work with teenagers. No, I love, I don't I have love working with adolescents, and it's not just because I have children, but also because um, from my experience of working in an ad- adolescent unit, is that their brains are just so open and so if they are going to grasp a concept that is going to uh, help them in either recovery or help them defeat self-defeating behavior then they grasp it they absorb it and they run with it and it happens so quickly and the change within them is just so remarkable that it can happen in such a short space of time because it's so, I mean, you know, I'll speak for myself. I'm old and I'm, I'm set. <laughs> I'm, I'm old. I'm old. I'm set in my ways. It's so much yes. harder for me to change any belief systems, any patterns, yeah. any. But to work with adolescents who have these this, this bright, open minds, and they're, they're usually highly intelligent kids, when they grasp a the concept, they just like absorb it, digest Amazing. it, run with it. So there's the same that says you can't carve new ideas on a closed mind Absolutely. so what i'm hearing is yeah. is the the minds are kind of more open it's be- i think it's because it's a de- developmental thing yeah. as well but it's also because i suppose you know and and this is a, a subject i feel strongly about is that they don't get taught at schools um and sometimes they don't get taught by their parents how to deal with life yes and so um, they actually crave structure and they crave guidance. Okay. And so if you introduce a concept to them, they'll be like, okay, I'll try that out. Or, or they won't try it out, but yeah. usually they'll, they'll be like, okay, if that's going to work, then I'll try it out. And then when they do, the, um, the results are remarkable cool. because their minds are open. Yeah. And, and they're also, they're so hungry for attention for love for somebody to listen to them non-judgmentally for someone not to just say oh they're being a teenager or or, they're just being moody or going through a phase they want Mm. to be taken seriously and there's that 
kind of dichotomy between being a child and wanting independence as well. Oh. So they want to be taken seriously. Yeah. So so that's what I do in my work with adolescents is like I just take me. It suddenly sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> and I recommend that you try it again. Don't, do not be afraid. <laughs> beyond beyond fear, Freddie, just, just go through it. so rewarding. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. You, you brought up something for me now, which is, is something that's been coming up for me a lot lately. I reckon it's the next layer of the onion that I'm peeling in my own journey, is that concept of how difficult adolescence was. Mm. Is I remember so well how I just did not fit in. I wasn't an adult, I wasn't a child. And I attended church, the Engekar. As well. Mm. Mm. And I remember so well, the Domini used to say, we want the men to sing the one verse and the women to sing another verse and the children to sing another verse. And here I am, struggling with my own sexuality. Yeah. So neither yeah. man nor woman nor child. Kind of, yeah. where the fuck do I sing? So the one place yeah. where you should find a home was the one place where I felt really, really, really alienated. Yeah. yeah. Which was really, really yeah. weird. Now, adolescence is a minefield. It's you absolutely know? It, it, it really is. And I think we we strongly underestimate. I mean, my adolescence was, was absolute crapshoot. Um, <laughs> um, I decided that I was the, the good girl for most of my childhood in so. order to be loved and get attention. And I was like perfect and excelled at everything. Mm. And then when that didn't work, when I hit adolescence and all the hormones came and all the identity crises came, I decided that negative attention was better than no yeah. attention at all. So I pushed against every system mm. that existed. Um, but I had no understanding of myself. I had no understanding how to deal with my emotions. I had no, no one. No one taught me. Yeah. No one taught me these these basic concepts of how to be human. Yes. I think it's it's grossly underestimated in adolescence even today. Is that we think that they should just automatically know these things um, and they should know how to navigate life yeah. and they get put in these school systems and then they get spat out and they're like go be an adult now <laughs> and they're so unprepared um, and, and, and that's where a lot of during adolescence and young adulthood that's where a lot of the stuff falls apart yeah. because they're, they're just so unprepared about how to actually just live in this world as as um, a growing human yes i remember as a child i'm the youngest of four children and we weren't allowed and we're all two years apart so i can understand that there's a lot going on in a home where we have four children yeah so one of the rules was we were not allowed to fight at all at all <laughs> okay no engagement of no conflict no, no argument. conflict whatsoever okay so you come into the world not able to do not able to be assertive mm. <laughs> then I joined a private company just down the road here mm. in financial services. And everybody worked on commission. So they each had their client base and they got paid commission on the client base. Sure. So the first day that I walked into that company was the day after payday. And as happens in admin, there's mistakes. So the one guy was shouting at the other guy, and you got paid on Mrs. XYZ again. And I told you last month you need to go and change it and you didn't. And I was listening to this thinking, and you shut they down. They are fighting for their salaries. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to work here. Yeah. I cannot. I, I can't but it's that, do this. But it's that kind of thing. It's like how to, 
how to deal with conflict, how to deal with emotions. Our rule at home is we weren't allowed to cry, and we weren't allowed to so, and we weren't allowed to express yeah. any extreme emotions. Don't and I'm so. incredibly, intensely emotional, and and I was as a child as well. So to and then to enter into a world where where there is conflict, and then you you go back to your old defense mechanisms. Yeah. You're just like, well, like, well, I can't do this. I can't Absolutely. do this. You know. Well, that's what I felt as yeah. well. Is so, I can't. I'm very lucky. I'm doing a workshop with some at a school nearby um, with a grade. Sorry, I'm still in standards. <laughs> so, so, so standard, standard, uh, standard seven and standard eight. So grade, grade six, six and seven. No, no it's two up. Two up. Know? Yeah. What anyway, you know what I mean. Those people. <laughs> um, and it's on consent. It's on healthy relationships, cool. it's on boundaries, it's on um, high-risk behavior and decision-making. Lovely. Um, so I'm going to be doing a workshop with them and I was like so excited to be asked because yeah. that's exactly what I think needs Absolutely. to be in schools. Yeah. That they need to be taught yeah. these these things and the imparted these lessons need to be imparted to them. Totally so. So that um, that's a very exciting part of my work is talking to kids at awesome. schools. Yeah. Why do I think of you as a singer as well? <laughs> I have no idea because I'm completely toned down. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. I, my daughter but, sings beautifully, and I have no idea where she got her voice from. But so I, maybe I, maybe I there is something in there. I can't. <laughs> But it's not from me. <laughs> I, I don't take credit for that. <laughs> did you grow up in church um, with, with the we, sense of religion? We did the church thing until it was absolutely necessary, which is confirmation. And so at the age of 17 or no, something? No, I was 14 at the time. Were you Catholic? Anglican. Anglican. Okay. Anglican. But I went to a Catholic school. Oh, my word. Yeah, okay. so, and then, so the conflict between that was, yes. was, was intense. Ireland, and, Ireland came up for me, kind of. And, <laughs> but, but it was all shame-based, you know. It, yes. was, all about, yeah. it was all about shame yeah. um, and sin. And, and so, so that's what I, I grew up with. And then um, once we were confirmed, I think my parents thought that they'd done their duty and we'd now um, got our passageway to heaven. And so the rest of us, at 14, it was like we were set. And so, and then, then we, we, we didn't go to church anymore. And, um, okay. and I'm not religious at all. So the concept that didn't, didn't really resonate with you to make an impact last? No, I had to, as part of my confirmation, I had to do my first confessional and I lied. <laughs> Sorry, I suppose that's yeah. not funny, is it? <laughs> no, it, it is funny because it's it's completely contrary to what what the process is supposed to be about but i was you know everything was so shame-based i was like i can't tell yes i can't speak about these things because like like my book we don't we talk don't talk about, about it ever. ever i love it's it like ever, ever. <laughs> like we don't talk about it ever. we don't like how am i going to admit to 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 any sin mm. that i've done and um, at 14 i thought i'd committed this heinous list of heinous sins by that time already and i was already like doomed but i i lied during the confessional yeah. You know, because I didn't want to be judged, and and I and I didn't want to, and I, I couldn't. The words were just caught in my throat. It just like like it, it just didn't come naturally to me. You and know? it also came from the cause of trying to be the good girl. Absolutely. And suddenly the good girl in in in, in this 
in in that context in that context yeah. it, it is yeah. not a good goal yeah. and and we we cannot admit to that yeah and i didn't want him to like come out of the confessional the the minister and say well okay well that was really bad so, <laughs> <laughs> so you're not getting confirmed and yeah. that was going to ruin that whole story of, yes. of like um, stopping church attendance but the real reason why i decided to to not go to church anymore and, and it's in the book was an incident on Christmas Eve and um, I just automatically thought that I, I didn't have to go to, to church because we hadn't been going and then my mom said no you're going and then she said get dressed and I didn't know how to clothe myself and um, not dress myself but I was like had this morphic body image I, I was okay. like I was like so I didn't know how to dress myself so I put on an outfit that I thought was perfectly acceptable for church and then when I walked into the lounge my mother just gave me one disapproving look and said like you're not wearing that and I tried to argue back and then my dad like physically attacked me mm. and dragged me by my hair to my room and mm. threw me into the room and said go get changed and we'll wait for you in the car to go to church and when I was in that service and happy Christmas night, by the way when, exactly <laughs> oh, I was man. in that service and everyone was like peace be with you and peace and, and every and we were playing happy families yeah. on Christmas Eve doing the right thing um, in air quotes and I thought how hypocritical is this exactly. over which we all it was fuck the shit you know this absolutely. is this is not it, it was fuck know. Christmas and fuck the shit and and after the after the service like my my mom and my dad expected me to because the tradition was that we go home and open presents and I wasn't interested at all because I thought you bunch of hypocrites yeah. like two hours ago you were like they were you were being violent mm. and now we're supposed to be peace be with you and be all happy and that was my last yeah wow. that 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 was the deciding factor of not going back to church because mm. of the hypocrisy of yeah. it all you know i haven't read your book yet but everybody i speak to who's read it tells me how powerful it is not just yeah. listening to that story yeah. I've, I've, I've i've got um, what goosebumps? Goosebumps. Um, I yeah. always want to say chicken pox. Afrikaans, <laughs> it's some um, Afrikaans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the Afrikaans comes through significantly. Yeah. So you have, you mentioned it on that podcast that you started writing quite early in your life. I've been writing since I was ten years old. Okay. Um, in some form or the other, or be it diaries or journals or or just. I always just carry a notepad around with me, um, basically, and now I do it on my phone. That's my notepad, and <laughs> I write all the time. And I still have all those journals, and I oh, wrote, wow. I wrote through active addiction as well, and woof, the denial. <laughs> <laughs> when when I was preparing for the book, I was like reading through the journals, and I was just like, what the fuck were you thinking lady <laughs> like seriously what i wrote i honestly believed yeah. you know and i could but now i can look look at it now and see the de the denial 
But so I've always written um, okay. and I've, I've always had an amazing relationship with the English language. I think it's just the most beautiful thing. Um, all languages, actually, I wish we could speak more of them. But it's just, yeah, so my relationship with words, that's how I express myself because I couldn't, I didn't have any outlet. Yes. So I wrote. Then, then it stopped for a while and then I picked it up again. I went to my first writing workshop, I think in 2000 and either 13 or 15 and I went to a writing workshop <clears throat> and I was bemoaning to to the facilitator Dawn Garish and I'm never gonna be a writer I'm never gonna be a writer you know and she was like but my dear you already are yeah. you know and I was, and that cemented it for me and so that started the process of attending more workshops and uh, honing my craft and then eventually I started a blog where I put short stories out okay. and then that that was so well received and then I went to another workshop with who who turned out to be my publisher Melinda Ferguson okay. and she said something along the lines of damn girl you can write you know so like send me some stuff and um, I sent her some stuff and it got rejected <laughs> and I was devastated. How could you tell me send me some stuff? I was absolutely devastated. But she said, "You can, you can do better than that. You, ah. you, you can, you can push yourself harder. You can go deeper. This is this is surface stuff, effectively." Okay. And I realized I was holding back because I was so scared. There was no, 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 like book even like on the horizon but it was just like I was so scared of what people were going to think and making myself vulnerable with the truth at the time yeah. that I was holding back in my writing okay. and then she has great advice and one of one of her most famous sayings is write like everybody's dead <sighs> and so I had to start writing as if they're never going to read what, as, what you're writing so therefore go for it so just write okay. just write and so that's what I did and then ended up with with this manuscript that tells everything like Wonderful. everything it's like it's so honest i can't it's, wait to lay my hands on it <laughs> it's so raw it's, and i'm very proud of it yeah oh wonderful i yeah. definitely want to get want to get a copy so i'll definitely do that i actually drove driving here thought shit i wanted to give you a copy of my book <laughs> and i forgot i forgot to bring one not that i'm the first thing i'll say is i'm not a writer i just write stuff you just then you're a writer. <laughs> uh, I put things down on paper. <laughs> so, in book form. In book form. Then yes. that makes you a writer. Cool. I'm a writer. Yay! Yes. We've established something. Is a writer and an author the same thing? Yeah. Of course, absolutely. I'm an author. Oh, wow, I like that. If you have a book, you're an author. You have authored mm. a book. You're so now you've you've written we don't talk about this ever that's short stories that you put in a book am i correct no 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 that is my memoir that is my, okay so that's like oh, autobiography awesome. that is cool. my entire life story from even before i was born up until sometime last year wow yeah so everything okay everything from the dysfunction in the family to the addiction in the family, to the the incidents of the domestic violence that I mentioned, to um, and then the slow spiraling into my own addictions, and then my active addiction, and then the struggles in recovery as yeah. well. I cover I cover that oh, as wonderful. well. 
because um, when I got to to that part I realized you know it's like just because you come into recovery it doesn't give you good judgment (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't give you it doesn't automatically give you a better understanding of life it it doesn't um, yeah it doesn't make you make good decisions for yourself just because you've now you're now sober you know that in itself is a process you need to learn you know that you need to learn so I made a lot of mistakes a lot of mistakes like the behavior was was all still there and I made these mistakes in recovery and I owned them you know and and that's what and that's what I wrote write about in the book that it's that it's a difficult journey yeah. you know it's it's a it, the instruction manual might be simple but it's a difficult journey in my book I refer to the instruction manual and we've covered the whole thing of of learning to live life and I always say that I always had the feeling that we we given an instruction manual when we when we born mm. and as you learn to read and write to whatever you you can start consulting your instruction manual and people around me managed to to consult the instruction manual quite effectively okay and it was only when where I were they getting this instruction manual? I don't know it's my head oh, okay okay because <laughs> so, I didn't get one of those <laughs> did we miss those we went, well, we went there that I just day. I discovered in recovery that mine was in Chinese <laughs> Nobody ever thought of the fact that I don't speak Chinese. And also that commonly addicts and alcoholics, we don't read instructions anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we exactly. just like plug it in and make it work. And also, I might be gay, but I stay a male. You know, so <laughs> men don't read instruction manual. <laughs> and coming into recovery is, for me, living sober was, the, the longer I'm sober, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a 12-step junkie. So the 12 steps helped me to... to learn to understand Chinese yeah so I just get to read my manual more effectively and therefore I I live life more effectively and the the steps have helped me to do exactly the same thing and sponsorship I mean people taught me it was as though I had this amnesia in active addiction and I forgot (laughs) entirely how to be human so they were like teaching me everything from how to open a bank account to, to how to get an ID to how to deal with my emotions. I mean, I was constantly on the phone to my sponsor going, I'm dying, I'm dying. And she was like, what's going on? I said, I think I'm feeling. And she was like, what's the feeling? I said, I don't know. I've only got two feelings, good and bad. And this one's a bad one. So I don't know what to do with it. I love that. I remember when I was going through sexual withdrawal. Yeah. I had a panic attack. And I called my sponsor, didn't answer the phone. I called my counselor, didn't answer the phone. Called my sponsor, didn't answer the phone. Called the one where you think you're dying. The one where okay. I thought I, I really thought yeah, I was dying. Yeah, yeah. And I um, eventually, my counselor called back, and I said to him, "I think I'm having a panic attack." And he said, "Oh, that's wonderful. Think of the experience you've got to share with newcomers." Like, oh, fuck, I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> I don't think you're getting this. I'm not okay. This is not all about service. <laughs> Yeah. And he was so right. But, but he because was. Now because now in, in those rooms, it, it, I have it, it, such experience to share with people. But it's it a, is about service, isn't mm, it? It is about service. And no, it is I about, couldn't see it. Then. Yeah. I couldn't no, see no, it. No, no, obviously not. No, I've, I've had a panic attack or two myself. And in that moment, 
when you're like going okay no this is it it's over now this is i'm gonna die in this outfit <laughs> you know if i knew i was going to die i wouldn't have worn, I wouldn't this. Have worn this exactly <laughs> i remember thinking that at the time i heard my panic attack going i wish i wasn't wearing this because <laughs> i don't want to be found dead in this outfit <laughs> Um, I can't remember what I was wearing. I will all be more aware next time. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is every morning before you leave the house, yeah, look yourself yeah. in the mirror and say, Am I prepared to die? <laughs> 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 I love it. I stand in shopping centers so often and think, did that person look in the mirror before they left home no, this they, morning? and they probably don't have any friends either. So if you don't have friends, you don't have a mirror, at least think to yourself, do I, am, am I okay I to die? Am I prepared to die in the dark? I love yeah. that. Yeah. So the poetry that you post on Facebook, is that your own poetry? That is my original poetry. Oh, my word. Yes. Yeah. And have you published that? I have. I, I self-published a book called Believe More Deeply. Okay, so that's where Believe that's More Deeply where believe, comes in. When I went into treatment, um, I picked up a copy of um, As Bill Sees It. Okay. And I opened up on the page that said, Believe More Deeply, Hold Your Face Up to the Light, Even Though For the Moment You Do Not See. Ah, oh, I love it. And you. that just resonated with me and it, I've held on to that for because I'm a sucker for hope like I'm <laughs> without it what do we have exactly I'm addicted to the concept of hope I believe in hope I believe in resilience and I believe in in anybody's ability to take responsibility Lovely. to change their lives and so believe more deeply has has resonated with me and lived with me all those years Wonderful. Like from, from 14 and a half years ago and then when I started my blog I needed a, a name for it so I called it believe more deeply yes. and so that's where um, and then I published this book last year as well um, in April and then we don't talk about it ever came out in August and um, the response to the poetry book is great because it's a it's also a journal as well oh lovely so it's poetry my my original poetry as well as a space for for people to write hate mail <laughs> scribble doodle <laughs> write or, hate mail i love that you know make paper airplanes it's it's, <laughs> it's an interactive thing because cool. because i believe that like that like myself that some people don't have places for self-expression and perhaps yes. they can find it in writing you know they can find their words um with a paper and a pen so now you express your emotions through poetry i reckon now you're more aware of the fact that you're expressing your emotions through poetry and through your writing mm. previously you possibly just did it without realizing this is actually what what i'm doing what you're doing yeah. has your writing changed because of the awareness that you of what you're actually doing it's it's it hasn't changed but uh, i'm aware that that it's being seen by people okay and so i'm not that i'm careful with what i put out there because i put any fucking thing out there that's come, that comes <laughs> if they don't like me. them fuck them yeah, that's you, my, that's you know, whatever it's not about the likes and the affirmations yeah. and stuff like that but it's like I love writing with what I know will resonate with people, what is the common human experience, okay. you know, whether that be something about emotions or it be about spirituality or it be about just everyday living. I love writing about the human condition. So my poetry is a lot about 
about that kind of thing. I love your poetry. Thank you I, so I really much. Do. I hope I remember to like them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, the likes if are I, if, like if, if I don't, then you must realize you didn't like this. <laughs> It's but all about me, so in the future, check with a friend you liked it. Yeah, really I, I will do that, <laughs> because now it's become important to me. And then if I didn't, remember to mail me and say, why did why you did not you like that no, poem? I can, I can WhatsApp you now. <laughs> what, what, what's wrong with that poem? <laughs> so, so it hasn't changed my writing at all. It's still honest, it's still raw, it's still awesome. out there, but it's, it's like... I wanted to resonate with people. I, yeah. want, to, I want people to, to feel my words. Cool. You know? So now you've got two books out in the open. Is there a third one happening? Um, there is writing happening, ah. um, but there's no... So what I do is like with, with um, We Don't Talk About It Ever, I collected the stories and then the structure came later. So that's what I'm doing. I'm okay. in the collecting phase. But it's it's just as honest. Um, it's it's also about struggles, but mainly with, with mental health issues. Awesome. Um, as well as addiction in recovery. Cool. So, I love mental health issues. I'm, I think of myself as a bit of a mental health advocate. Ad- advocate, advocate um, yeah. I just, yeah. I'm just so sick and tired of people not talking about this shit. And that, so that's what so sure. I spoke about in my first book. I spoke about the addiction and, and I, I touched a bit on the mental health issues. But in, in my next book, I want to really tackle like mental health issues and mm. advo- ad- advocacy for it and destigmatization of yes. it. I don't consider myself an activist or anything, but I am not silent about yeah. it. You know, I'm not. It's it's there. It, it's, yes. Everybody has it. You know, um, everybody has problems regulating their feelings. Everybody struggles with with some sort of something, um, albeit depression or anxiety or, or even something more serious like a personality disorder. Yes. And no one's talking about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and everybody is in crisis and everybody's in pain and nobody wants to talk yeah. about it, you know? And I'm just like, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, what what is the stigma? You know, if everybody's experiencing it's a worldwide phenomenon. Exactly. People have never been more medicated at yeah. this point in, 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 in time than any other point in history like for, for mental health issues it's like why, why aren't we talking about this it's as thing? normal as breathing it, it, it's it, as if you and I are afraid to sit and say I'm not going to say something, but I just I just took a breath. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But but it's as ridiculous as that as well, you know. And and I'm I'm not ashamed to say that. I mean, I have bipolar. I'm um, suffer from depression. And, so. and I have anxiety disorder, and I have ADHD, and I'm and I'm open about that with, awesome. with anybody who's willing to ask. And so I have to struggle with my own mental health issues well, well daily, yeah. you know. And it's not always a struggle, uh, and I have a crack team awesome. <laughs> of support. Your SWAT team uh, comes in with my, my brain surgeons, <laughs> um, as I call them. And because I, I realize, and that's in the book as well, is that I was in denial for so long about, because I needed to, the last thing that I wanted to lose control over was my own brain. And yeah. when eventually it started, it was unraveling at, at a certain point in my recovery. Um, and my, my four-year-old daughter at the time actually pointed it out. She was like, it's amazing how the children <laughs> I know and so I had I had an exchange with her that made me think okay maybe it's time I get some help 
you know yeah. it's like that this is this is not okay I yeah. don't have to feel this way and I think that it's, that's the message that I want people to hear is that you don't have to feel this way exactly. you, you really yeah. don't you don't have to normalize feeling like like you, you like you or vacillating between wanting to kill yourself and euphoria yeah. and you don't have to be anxious all the time yeah. you don't you know you, there are coping mechanisms for these things Absolutely. there are things that work just ask for help that, that's what i say so often is just ask for help yeah but that's very difficult yeah, very much people. so and Especially then you'll get your own SWAT team or what do you call them your my brain surgeons <laughs> your brain, get your own set of brain surgeons because yeah. they're going to be there if, yeah. we, if we just ask for help it's yeah. going to be there yeah, but it's so difficult for people to even reach that point because of the shame attached yeah. to it. Like to to, to admit like um, that there's a weakness somehow. Yes. You know that that I'm not coping, that yeah. I'm not dealing, that I'm not. Well, I've got news for you. If you're one of those people not coping, you're just one of about seven billion people on earth. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely, and then that's why I always. It completely just blows my mind that it's not spoken about yeah. more. Yeah, and me as and well. I, I, want, as I well. want this to become the dinner, the dinner table, con- the dinner party, party conversation. table talk. Yeah. People must. The day, the day that I asked for help for my addiction, we didn't know where to go. Yeah, yeah. It was insane. It, yeah. I want people to talk about kind of addiction and, and these type health. of things. It's yeah. normal things that needs to be spoken about. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I absolutely agree. And, and also just, yeah, and, and in the process of recovery as well from, from both of those conditions and destigmatizing that, no, we're not going to send you to Falkenberg, you yeah. know, that, it's, that you might be feeling bad, but, it's, but, but help is at hand, yeah. you know, and, to, and to, to, as often as I can be, be of, of service to other people in, in that regard. Yes. Yeah. So... Second book happening, or third book happening at the moment. What is your, how can I call this? Oh, I want to call it something really, no, no, let's not go with that controversial. Um, Why not? <laughs> I want to say, so what's the opium for your soul? <laughs> um, the opening line of my book is, it says, words are my drug of choice. Ah. So whether that is, Speaking to people, connecting with people through 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 talking to them, whether it's writing, um, any words words are words are like the opium for my soul, and uh, hope, and and love, uh, those those things are the things that feed me. Um, so that's your spirituality. If I may interrupt you on that. My spirituality is, is very interesting in that it's like we have mind, body and spirit and, and I believe that the spirit, spirituality is about how your spirit engages with the world and how your spirit makes sense of how to be in this world. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so that has been my kind of framework for spirituality is about how can I best be the best version of myself in this world. Um, I believe in a higher power um, because I, I needed to, but it was in the beginning, it was like I, like there was Lego all over the floor and I had to construct my own higher power. 
and and I came up with some characteristics that I wanted it to be, and I and I, and I made up my own. I love that fire. question in the in the step working guide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I was like. I can make up my own higher power. Thank I God have, for that. you know, that and that understands me. That is non-judgmental. That is uh, like like forgiving. That is not shaming. That is like none of those yeah. things that are in my script. You know, I can do that. Yes. But I needed to do that also because I needed to get out of the driver's seat and I needed yes. to to admit that I'm not in charge anymore no. because I'm a control freak. <laughs> and so, no. Can you pick it up? <laughs> is it that obvious? No. <laughs> so my practice of spirituality is is my spirit's connection with some anthropomorphic being in the sky, uh, my higher power. It's how I, it's in my actions, in, in what I do. Yes. It's in how I treat other people. It's in how I treat myself. That, that is the, the sum total of my spirituality. It's just my, my spirit connecting with the world. Yeah. Thought just popped up into my head. Is there a Roman or Greek god of writing or of there are the muses uh-huh. and one of the muses is specifically for writing and okay. I've completely forgotten her name now but um, I have my muses and I have my inspiration and I have my yeah my moments okay did it ever cross your mind to maybe use that muse as your higher power it has never crossed my mind, okay. but it has now. <laughs> <laughs> it suddenly dawned on me as well. I wonder if there is, and then that would be kind of okay. That would be kind of a logic, logic um, flow flow of it. I'll, it. I'll have to go and look it up. No, I'm going to definitely mm-hmm. look it up too. But I, I'm so bad with Greek mythology and these. I just don't know about that. I, stuff. I, I find it fascinating, but I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert on it by any means. But um, it's also just about other belief systems. Yeah. And that's part of my spirituality as well as about respecting other people's belief systems and respecting their spirituality. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter if, if yours and mine are different. It's about where our spirits meet, you know. And like, like the name of your, your podcast, Meet Me, me in, in the Field, field. Yeah. it doesn't matter how I show up. Mm. you know and it doesn't matter how you show up as long as we we show up and we meet you know and so it's about that connection um with with other people because we're on this whirling planet of uh, i don't know how many billion people and so many people are feeling alone yes you know surrounded by a cast of thousands everybody's feeling alone because they're lacking connection yes um and they're lacking the opposite of addiction is connection absolutely <laughs> you know um and and i subscribe to that too and and the antithesis of 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 that as well of addiction and of of shame and and is love mm. you know in whatever form that comes in it's just yeah. about it's about yeah it's about caring for people it's about seeing people really seeing yeah. them and hearing them because that's what people need they need to yes. be seen and heard and acknowledged and to be told yeah i see you and yes. i hear you and and yes it's it's, it's okay it's okay it's, this is your experience and i respect mm. it completely and how can we go about changing how you respond to your experience of life? Yes. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah. Isn't that the meaning of the word namaste? It's kind of my soul acknowledges yours yeah, or, or, or I, I something believe, like I that. Yeah, I believe that, that my soul and, sees your soul. Yeah, yeah. and since I've, I've, I've heard that, it has such a different meaning and yeah. I absolutely love Yeah. I want to kind of throw it around. <laughs> <It's not laughs> Just exactly. throw it around in conversation. Yeah, yeah. Can namaste. I have a cup of coffee? Namaste. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Like, I acknowledge you. You and exist. Namaste. namaste. Yeah, no, but it's a beautiful yeah. concept. Yeah, it, it beautiful really concept. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to end here. Because, yes, can you believe it? It's been a, a long time. But I want to thank you, number one, for being here and for this most adorable chat. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And secondly is you are going to... I invited you as my guest. Yes, you did. At the end of September to the Recovery to the Festival. Recovery but let's Festival. hope and pray it's going to happen because we need sponsorship for it. Okay. So if we can't get the sponsorship, it's not going to happen. Okay. Even though I'm going to go through a panic attack. <gasps> What if you don't get it and then kind of, you know, yeah. take the action and turn it over? You yeah. know, it will, if it's going, yeah. if it needs to happen, it's going to happen. It's going to be yeah. okay. But let's hope it happens because I'm so excited yeah, to so. have you at the function because, so what's going to happen is I'm going to launch my book, my second book. Because you're a writer, see? Because I'm an author. Because <laughs> 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 that, that's what I do, which is a 12-step guide for non-addicts. Oh, wow. Mm. It's, it's exactly what we discussed. You know, we don't know how to live life. Big wow. So let's use the principles yeah. that you and I have learned and we've, we've learned to live life. That's fantastic. And just tell other people, kind of, you know, I don't know what you're struggling with, but try this. Yeah, but how, how often have this. we said that? That yes. like the 12, if, if, every, if everybody worked the 12 steps, we'd exactly. be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so fantastic. So I'm taking the big plunge and putting it out there. Yay. No. Have you you sharing your your thoughts? I'm so excited about it. I think it's going to work. <laughs> it's just going to be a celebration. It's going to be. We yeah. call it the recovery festival because we want to celebrate recovery. recovery. And um, you have shown that, you know, you can sit down, write your experiences, and 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 contribute to the world because I truly believe that's what you're doing. Yeah. With from your, the feedback that I've gotten from the book, mm. um, it's definitely touched a lot of people, yeah. addicts and non-addicts alike. Well, now that I've discovered that I can turn my iPad into a Kindle, Yay. now Yay. she's going to be an online purchase Yay. possibly tonight. Fantastic. Thank you very <laughs> much for the support. Thank you so much. It was absolutely wonderful to chat to you. I had the best time. And we'll stay in touch. Definitely. And um, have a wonderful rest of your Saturday. So, children, your mother's on, on the way home. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens sometimes that we meet someone and there is a connection. That is how I felt with Desiree Ann. I could have chatted with her for a long time, but I was due at a lunch with the Optima Retreat crowd. Check Optima Retreats out on Facebook. It is a unique and amazing retreat concept I am very proud to be part of. So, I was sad to leave Desiree Ann, but totally happy for having met her. You can find Desiree Ann's book, We Don't Talk About It, ever, on both Loot and Amazon. All you have to do is click on Books and then type in the title, We Don't Talk About It, comma, ever. You can find the blog at www.believemoredeeply.wordpress.com and the poetry book by the title Believe More Deeply is available from her. Contact her on her website. I'm also extremely excited to have Desiree Ann as my guest at the Recovery Festival. I'm launching my new book and she will be doing some readings from her books. 
To learn more about the Recovery Festival, go to www.recoveryfestival.co.za. The Recovery Festival is on the weekend of the 28th and 29th of September. Tickets are now available. The May Early Bird Special ends end of May. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at, at RensburgFreddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank Desra Ann for her time and energy in talking to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.